All right, good morning. We'll get started in just a minute, but before we do, I wanted to thank Mike and Jeremy uh, for coming up and being part of the uh, the service this morning. Uh, as we continue on over the course of the next few months and years, uh, you'll find that leadership development is something that we're really focused in on and that we uh, will be putting some new folks up here in order to help them uh, learn and grow and uh, and better serve in, uh, not only here at their church, but as uh, Jeremy goes off into college and uh, as we continue to uh, to grow as a church, we'll have lots of folks that are excited about being up front. And so I, for one, am also excited to be up here. Uh, if you take a look at the program, I realize that this is a low-risk opportunity for me because the last two weeks we had about 115 people here. And as I look around the room, I got this one eyeballed in at about 45. But that's okay. I get the opportunity to do this about once a year, so the good news is if I really lay an egg, you won't have to put up with it again until next year, or if I do a good job, you'll have something to look forward to next year. Uh, Most of you uh, know me. My name is Craig Hunter, and if you don't know me from here, you may very well know me from the grocery store. Um, That's where I spend the great majority of of my time. So um, uh, that being said, uh, there is the opportunity that I could get interrupted this morning. It's a holiday weekend. We've got ballpark franks on sale for $1.25 a package. You know, uh, my staff, is, uh, they like to get in contact with me if there's something emergent. I do have my phone on vibrate. And even better yet, I have the person who runs the store when I'm not here. I brought him to church with me this morning. So I'm going to give her my phone. So if something crazy happens, she'll take care of it. And just to see how well you know me, my password's my birthday. Good luck if it keeps going off. Yeah. So really, after, uh, you know, Ben is not here, Zach's not here, Nancy's in the other room, Mark walked off the stage. We've got no paid staff people in the room right here. Um, my wife is out of town helping her mom over in, uh, or up in Michigan right now. So really, the accountability partners are minimum. Um, <laughs> Uh, my kids are back there. It was a kind of a surprise that Nick popped in this morning, but uh, Sydney, I knew, would uh, be here. And uh, my word is always safe with her. She can be bought off very easily. Um, the 10:15 trip to Graders last night put me in good standing for at least the next few days. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started. I'm going to preach this morning or deliver a message on something called Respectable Sins. It's a, um, a book that we went through as a small group a, uh, a few years back, and the author is Jerry Bridges. So we want to make sure we give credit where credit is due in that particular situation. So I'm going to be um, working a little bit from that book, working a little bit from uh, Scripture, working a little bit from own, my own personal experiences and whatnot. So uh, respectable sins is kind of exactly what you would think it might be. Um, we t- Typically, people in our community, in our congregation, don't um, struggle with the majority of the commandments. Um, you shall not steal. Check. You shall not murder, double check. You shall not commit adultery, triple check. Um, you shall not bear witness against your neighbor, or false witness, I'm sorry. Have you seen some of my neighbors? Most of you have. Um, that one's a tough one for me. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife unless she can play shortstop on my softball team. Um, then we need her for sure. Um, So if I were to survey the group and I'd say, okay, everybody raise your hand if you're a sinner. Oh, this is group participation. There we go. We're good. We're good so far. Um, We've got that one covered. Um, In the words of famous theologian Ben Halliburton, we all have our vices. Some are just more public 
than others. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? As we talk about respectable sins, imagine sitting around in our small group, and I would imagine we were in the Paffords living room, and I would imagine uh, we had pretty good attendance, and I would imagine Mary was there, and Nancy was there, and Sharon was there, and Kathy was there. And if it weren't for the respectable sins, we probably wouldn't have been able to dig up very much dirt at all um, to talk about. But it was, um, it was a real eye-opening study for me as we went through and we talked about things um, like pride and envy and jealousy and those type of things. So we'll, uh, we'll work through things this morning, but we'll start um, by reading um, some relevant scripture in John verse 8. And you should start to see those uh, up, on the, uh, up on the screen. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So, Ben says we've all got vices. Jerry Bridge says we've all got vices. Jesus says we've all got vices. We're going to spend the next 15 or 20 minutes kind of unpacking what some of those challenges may be for us and then wrapping it up tightly at the end with the gospel message um, so that each and every one of us can continue to have the hope um, that we know is very real. So please pray with me, and then we'll get started. Dear Father, we just uh, thank you so much for your son Jesus. As we're reminded from time to time, uh, we all come up uh, just a little bit short on different things. All of us may struggle with different things in our lives, but uh, truth be told, uh, we all struggle with something. Uh, we all need your son, Jesus. So uh, as we go through things over the course of the, uh, the next few minutes, uh, please keep our, our minds and our hearts open um, to hearing the, uh, the good news of your son, Jesus. Father, watch over us during this time. Your son, Jesus, in name we pray. Amen. So as we go through, we're going to identify one of the sins, share a brief illustration, and then see if we can't tie that into a piece of scripture as well. So that way you know you're not just getting my good opinion or my good idea. It's uh, certainly going to be backed up uh, with scripture. First one we're going to talk about is pride. Uh, many of us, myself included, uh, when performing acts of service, seem to be looking for a little bit of recognition when we do this. I have a, uh, a story that hit me, and this was just a few weeks ago. I was out at a local restaurant eating lunch, um, getting away from work for just a little bit, and as I'm sitting in the booth and uh, reading the newspaper, which I like to do, I can see that there's a person just, I don't know, 10 feet from me in a different booth um, who was obviously struggling. She was a young gal, probably 20 to 25 years of old, and she was on the phone with her mother, 
Her mother lived, it appeared to be an hour to two hours away, and she was telling her mother, hey, I don't have any gas, I don't have anything to eat. And you could really just hear this young lady pleading with her mother to help. You know, can you come in here? And finally, after, you know, a few minutes, you know, I'm kind of reading my sports section, kind of eavesdropping, kind of feeling bad for this girl with what the heck is uh, is going on. And I, I really, really just, you know, started to think, surely, Craig, there's something you can do. There's got to be something you can do. Um, so after I wrestled with it for myself, and you know what, I'm not sure why it was really a wrestling match. Um, most of us who go to church here, live in this community, can afford to help somebody out, whether it's with a Happy Meal or, or something else. So I walked over to her, I said... Do you need some gas? I get the impression that, um, th- that you need some help. And uh, she says, oh, my gosh, that would be great. Um, so I said, you know what, uh, go up, pull up to the gas tank, and I'll go get it. I said, by the way, do you need something to eat, too? She says, yeah, I haven't eaten yet today. Um, so I went over, and we got her a uh, – she ordered some chicken nuggets, and we got that taken care of. And we walked out, and we, we filled the gas tank up, and it was a total lofty investment of about $25. Um, so not a huge deal. So – but at that time, I'm thinking, you know, boy, did that make me feel good. And I'm kind of proud of myself for, for doing something at that point. And you know what I did? I, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, it's, it's gone, it's over with, let's get back to work and try to go make a difference. Couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. How many people do you suppose I had to tell um, about my story at McDonald's and pat myself on the back and say, ah, oh, boy, Craig did his good deed for the day, maybe even for the week, because this cost me 25 bucks. Um, and boy, I was pretty proud of my effort um, that I put forward uh, on that particular time. So it's, um, boy, it's just made very clear to us in the Bible. And as I was doing my research, I came across Matthew um, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. So as I flip to that, we will uh, we'll read that for you. It's a pretty common verse, probably very familiar um, to most of you. should be up there on the screen. Uh, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, uh, they have received their reward in full. Um, So there's our challenge, folks. Um, Let's be humble enough to understand where we're at, what we're a part of, and that there are people out there who are deeply and truly um, in need, um, and be ready to raise or rise to the occasion to to help those people out. Uh, um, as I was uh, studying and kind of looking at sermon illustrations, I said, wouldn't it be great, let's go backwards a little bit. Who watches Wheel of Fortune? Any Wheel of Fortune fans? What's the most popular vowel? Everybody buys a vowel. What do they buy? An e. They all buy an E. You know what? I think most of our favorite vowel is I. We want to talk about I did or what I want to do or what I accomplished or or that type of thing. What if we were to really spend some significant time in changing our favorite vowel from I to you on how we helped people, what we meant in the lives of our family members, of people in our small group, of people in our congregation, of people in our place of employment, um, wherever that might be. So as we move before we move on to the next illustration, um, take that challenge away. Um, get away from the I, 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 and get more into you. What can we do to help you and help you move forward um, in your walk with Christ? Uh, the second respectable sin I would like to address is uh, either selfishness and or greed. Um, we live in the richest country in the world and in one of the most well-to-do areas within that country. As I've been told by my fellow church leaders, most of us have everything we need 
and almost everything we want. Yet the motley fool tells us, on average, we only give 3.8% of our income to others who may be in need. Um, as we consider, take considerate time, or I'm sorry, considerable time trying to figure out um, what the next thing that we need to buy is, or where the next vacation we need to take is, um, we need to really work hard at examining our finances to make certain that we are making the best use of them uh, within our communities. And it's not just about the finances. I think most of it is about time. Um, that is everybody's most precious asset, if I had to guess, um, with people juggling work schedules and school schedules and all of their family obligations and the different things that they have going on. That certainly is our most precious asset that we have. So I challenge everybody to decide, are we giving sacrificially of our time? not just our far resources. To be honest with you, as I've grown in my, in my life and my kids have gotten older and they've become less of a financial um, burden on me, it's a lot easier now for me to write a check than it is to go do something. Um, so one of the things for me is I really need to show up and I need to do things, um, whatever those opportunities um, may be. We certainly have a laundry list of things you can help out with um, here at the church, so I, I would challenge everybody to get involved with that. Um, some, just some words to consider when you're thinking about that. Um, do we keep our word when we make a commitment? Is our yes, yes? You know, when we tell somebody we're going to show up someplace or we're going to do something, are we delivering on that promise? Are we always running late and not being considerate of other people's times? Are we interested in the interests of others? And that's where I want to take just a break for just a minute and talk about a couple more illustrations because that one was a particular struggle for me. Um, I happened to be really interested in what I was interested in and not as interested in what was interesting to others. Well, I've used the word interesting a lot, so we'll try to get uh, away from that. Um, I remember just a few years back, I, I, I did what I thought was a very noble act, and I spent a Saturday evening at Barnes & Noble. Uh, boy, you really haven't lived till you sat in the recliner at Barnes & Noble for a couple hours while your wife wanders around the store deciding which five or six books uh, uh, that she's going to uh, to pick out. But uh, that is something that she truly enjoys to do. And to be quite honest with you, I had about zero interest in doing that type of thing. So it was certainly a growth opportunity for me. We enjoy going to the movies, um, sometimes uh, as a couple, sometimes as a family. Uh, there's some significant uh, debate on whether or not uh, we're going to see movies. Uh, now I'm outnumbered with uh, Sydney and Kathy both at home and Nick gone. It is clearly two against one, and most of the time I end up at Beauty and the Beast or La La Land or something like that. But I've learned to embrace it. As my young daughter would say, that uh, who knew my dad would be a Nicholas Sparks fan? I'm telling you, a walk to remember if you've not seen that. A guaranteed tearjerker. Um, uh, but as we got away from superheroes and uh, movies about sports and tried to widen my horizons, um, it helped me become a better father, a better husband, um, a better friend when I started to keep in mind what other people wanted to do. It just wasn't about how many softball games I could play or how many games I could watch on TV. Um, for me, baseball is the, is the biggest thing I enjoy watching. We, we actually subscribe to the Major League Baseball package, and I look forward to after a long and I would say hard day at work. Others might disagree, but after a long, hard day at work, I try to... Uh, unwind by watching a little baseball at night. So uh, this crazy Netflix revolution, I don't know how many people are involved with it, but what a great way to watch TV. 
Uh, right now, we are in the middle of watching Parenthood, and that seems to monopolize a little bit of our time in the evening, and it's really cutting into my baseball time. And our standard is, is you know, we have dinner as a family, we get the Netflix on, and we watch two episodes of Parenthood. Um, so the other night, it's about 9, 9.15, and I'm hoping Sydney and Kathy are going up to bed because I'm watching on my phone, and it's about the sixth inning of the game right now, and it's one to nothing. I really want to turn it, and the next thing you know, the little button comes up. It says, do you want to exit or do you want to continue? And I'll be darned if we didn't get a third episode in that night while the game ended. Um, so, again, that's what it is at our house. I don't know what it is at your house. Um, maybe it's golf. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's spending all the time with kids or whatnot, um, but really, really, I challenge you to be engaged um, with the other folks uh, in your lives, because really, um, the selfishness is something that holds uh, so many of us back. I have a quote from the author from Respectable Sins, and I turn to that uh, just briefly. I have it marked here. Living unselfishly will, li- will likely not cost us our lives, but it will cost. It will cost time and money it will cost becoming interested in the interests, concerns, and needs of others, and it will cost in learning to be considerate of the emotions and feelings of others. So how true is that? Uh, we know we're walking along in our life as a Christian when we're starting to put the needs of others in front of our own needs. Uh, again, whether it's in your household, in your job, in your congregation, in your community, or wherever that might be for you. We're going to uh, move to uh, share a verse that would uh, be relative to that in Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5. So bear with me for just a second while we turn to that. Again, that should be up on the screen. If Joe's doing his job back there, I don't want to turn around and look at it, but uh, he's giving me the thumbs up. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And you know, it sounds real easy, but it's not. It's not. Um, Putting yourself second or third or fourth or fifth or whatever that may look like um, may be a challenge for you. Um, I hope each and every one of us uh, is up to that challenge. We're going to keep moving. We're going to go on to the lack of self-control or worldliness. So is too much of a good thing not a good thing? The argument for that would certainly be yes. Um, my first real taste of that came with uh, my first real taste of responsibility. Uh, I was the guy who lived with his mom uh, right up until he got married. You know, never once had done a thing for myself because I had somebody doing it, uh, doing it for me and Got married at the age of 22, uh, had a child at the age of 23, and uh, video games was kind of a passion of mine. You know, I was grew up in the age where there was arcades and, uh, you know, things were just starting to get big. You know, I was playing a lot of Pac-Man and Space Invaders and Defender and whatever else that uh, might look like. And um, I really had mastered the art at the age of 23 where I could have my brand new Nintendo hooked up to the TV because I think that's about what time it came out. And I could have Nick, who now stands about six foot two, 210 pounds. I could have him in one arm and my controller in the other, and I could play video games while I was supposed to be watching my son. Didn't go so well. Didn't take me long to realize that wasn't going well. Uh, and I gave that video game away to my nephew and have not bought another video game for myself since then. 
gosh, almost uh, 29 years ago. So uh, that was certainly an area in my life where what I thought was a good thing really wasn't a good thing. Um, how about this one? Food and drink. Gluttony. Um, something I've struggled with my whole life. Um, I look at a buffet and I think that's a great deal. Other people look at a buffet and they say, boy, that's a, a chance to, to overeat and to, and to be gluttonous and to be, uh, to be sinful. When I, I talk to people about the vacations they go on, uh, two of my favorite conversations center around Las Vegas and cruises. And I've never been to either one of those. And a big part of that is because I've decided that's just not a good place for me. Um, I have the personality where if I'm on a cruise ship and there's 24-7 pizza and 24-7 ice cream and 24-7 gambling and 24-7 who knows what else, that's probably not the right place for me to be. I don't need to be in that environment. Um, I'm reminded of Tony Dungy, who's a, a great Christian uh, football coach. And uh, I, this isn't an exact quote, but I remember multiple times reading about him talking about, you know what, I just wish the players would be in their rooms or in their, in their homes at a reasonable time because nothing good is going to happen at 2 a.m. And sure enough, every time we, we open up uh, what is now our phone or the newspaper or whatnot, we're hearing stories um, about just all the scandalous things that happen with the, the athletes and the movie stars. Um, and I'm afraid it happens with people like us, too. It's just not um, as noteworthy. It's not showing up on Yahoo. Our dirty laundry is not aired as frequently as it is um, for the stars. Um, but we really just want to avoid putting ourselves in the position of vulnerability. Um, be careful about how we choose to spend our time, who we're spending it with, uh, which books we read, which movies we go to, just how we're going to invest our time. There are so many worthy causes um, that we can be part of and that we can invest our time in. Uh, we want to be certain to stay away from the, uh, what we can call, quote-unquote, the ways of the world. And we're going to flip to Psalm 119.37 uh, and share a verse from there. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Again, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Easier said than done. Uh, we have worldly things at our fingertips uh, so fast. Uh, oh, I can't get to anything on my phone right now because Shana has it, but I can really get in all sorts of trouble. Uh, just by using my phone or my computer or going to the wrong place. Um, just the challenges now are significant, um, and really we have to keep an eye on our, our Lord and Savior to keep us heading down that right path. Keep yourselves out of that position of vulnerability. For the sake of time, we're going to skip some of the other respectable sins, maybe just touch on them briefly. Um, some of us in the room may struggle with anger. And some of us who could possibly be just the nicest people that you meet outside or you run into them at a restaurant or at the golf course or whatnot, uh, maybe inside your own home you're showing anger with your spouse, with your kids. Sometimes we treat the people that we love the most uh, with the most anger and uh, the most um, have those pointed um, just almost attacks on those type of people because on occasion it may seem like they can do nothing right. Uh, Judgmentalism is another big one. 
I personally don't have to worry about my hair and makeup, but I know that can be a topic of gossip amongst people. Um, what the clothes that people are, are wearing, the cars that people are driving, um, those type of things. And that also can tie in to that jealousy piece. Uh, we spend so much time worrying about what other people have and what other people do. We don't necessarily show the gratitude for what we have and what we've been given. So again, some of us may be struggling with envy or with jealousy. Where somebody went on vacation, what kind of car they drive. You know what? We just have to get over that type of thing. God has provided us um, with all we need, with all we need. Um, and then it becomes our job to manage that and to, to work our way through life with what he's given us and be able to make the best out of those resources to further his kingdom and our relationships within people in those kingdoms. So, yeah, we spent some time just really kind of talking to you about, boy, we, we come up short to, and you know what? I knew that. You know, I know looking in the mirror that I've got uh, a laundry list of challenges that uh, I have to overcome uh, each and every day. You know, I'm the first guy that shows a little bit too much pride when I win something and reminds somebody that I won multiple times. Um, I'm the first guy to, to maybe be, you know, quick to talk and not so quick to listen. Um, certainly a challenge that I have. Your challenges, I would assume, may be different. Um, but the challenge really for everybody is as to how do you work through those um, through your Savior, Jesus Christ, to realize um, that it's just not all about the works. It's just not all about the works. We're told that multiple times in Scripture. Uh, we are going to come up short. Um, no matter how hard you try, it's not going to be good enough. Uh, multiple times it's, uh, we're coming into the season of uh, elder nominations, and I remember the first time I got nominated Oh, it must have been 10 years ago or so. I remember getting a phone call from someone who I consider to be a very godly man, and I'm thinking, man, I'm nowhere near as good as this guy. Um, how am I going to serve in this capacity when, boy, this guy is like, you know, he's the epitome of, uh, of a Christian guy and uh, what I would uh, hope to and aspire to, uh, uh, to be. And uh, I quickly realized, uh, you know what, if we all wait till we're good enough or we all wait till we're ready, we won't have anybody doing anything out there. So... Uh, we really need to just really have a good understanding of that. I mean, we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, not by, you know, if we show up to the men's breakfast on Saturday morning or if we show up to cut the grass or if we show up to, to watch the kids or if we show up to give a communion meditation or fill in the blank with a lot of the great things that happen at this church. Um, that's great, and we need you. Trust me, we do. Um, but what we really need most is our son Jesus Christ and our Savior. Um, we are reminded by the Apostle Paul of the gospel message in almost every book um, that he writes to all the different um, um, areas in which he ministers. Um, it's throughout the New Testament, but I just picked three verses um, that would hopefully wrap things up real tight for us. And uh, my good friend Rick Ayton talks about this all the time. He said, we, learn, we listen to a lot of messages, whether it be on TV or a podcast or in person, uh, that just sometimes I walk away thinking, God, I'm really not certain if I understood that. Uh, I really spent some time in the Old Testament, and it's, it's hard for me to grasp some of those things. So sometimes we take such a simple message, and we do a real good job of complicating it. Where we walk out, or we get done listening to a, uh, a pastor or a theologian, and we go, hmm. And we're forced to go back and really look at the nuts and bolts of really how easy this is. So we're going to go through three verses relatively quickly um, that in my mind just kind of outlines 
the, the real simple gospel message to each and every one of us and really gives us the, uh, the hope and the, uh, the good news that, uh, that we have. So we're going to start in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Any disagreements there? We've all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm going to flip over to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then we're going to finish off the, uh, the three verses in Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, by this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the world I preach I'm sorry, to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So three real sim- simple things. All of us are sinners. Um Again, there's not a whole lot of us, uh, um, there's not a whole lot of murdering going on within this congregation. There's not a whole lot of uh, those, you know, the, the commandments. But what we really challenge everybody to dig down deep is, what is it that challenges you? Because we are all sinners. Through the grace of God, we are saved. The broken body and the shed blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, is enough for each and every one of us. And all of those who believe will spend eternity in heaven with him. I'm going to close us in prayer. We're going to turn things back over to the worship team, and then I'll be down front um, after that to uh, wish everybody a great holiday weekend. Dear Father, we thank you mostly for your Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, as Scripture reminds us of on a, uh, a weekly basis, daily basis, however often it is we're, uh, we're in your word, um, that we are all sinners. That each and every one of us falls short, but through the, uh, the blood and the broken body of your son Jesus, we are all promised eternity with you. So Father, I pray that uh, on this Sunday morning that each and every one of us um, just have a good grasp of that. And that know that, uh, just not beat ourselves up. To know that, uh, that on occasion we'll fall short. Um, but Father, there's just so much good news out there. Um, that we that we hold fastly to your gospel message, uh, that we hold fastly to your Son Jesus, um, and just Father that um, that we do the very best we can to live more like Him each and every day. But on those times that we come up short, uh, that we just uh, come to you, uh, we confess our sins, we ask for forgiveness, and we move forward. Again, Father, we we thank you, uh, we love you, your Son Jesus' name. We pray, Amen.